A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be disarticulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Master's Dog, episode 155. I'm your host, Norm, The Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. The Evangelical Norm. Uh, The Master's Dog is a podcast I do that deals with false teachers, false doctrines, false gospels, anything that comes against the truth of God's word, as the John Calvin quote at the beginning of the introduction says, I bark. And that is what I do. It started out as a podcast called Faith and Beliefs Refuted, where I was dealing with uh, an LDS podcast from a group of people called the Three Mormons, formerly now Saints Unscripted. They started a segment of their podcast called Faith and Beliefs, which was uh, they started with the articles of faith and they were breaking those down. And I wanted to respond to those to show how the articles of faith did not line up with biblical Christianity. And then after they finished, they continued on with other issues of doctrine and theology and so on. So I said, I'm going to respond to every one of these videos. And thus, Faith and Beliefs Refuted was born. And that podcast went on for a while until I decided I was like, you know what? I want to deal with other stuff on here as well. I want to not just deal with the LDS, but Jehovah's Witnesses, atheists, uh, false teachers like Joel Osteen and stuff like that. I want to expand this out. So that's when I revamped everything called it the master's dog and uh, came up, well, didn't come up with that quote, used the quote from John Calvin, which I've loved forever. Um, And here we are. This is what we do. Anything, anytime anybody's going to come against uh, God's word, the truth of God's word, I'm going to bark and encourage others to do the same thing. So there's a little background on the podcast for those who are new. A lot of new subscribers over the last couple of weeks. It has been crazy to see uh, the numbers just kind of jump the way they did. And so that's why I give that background. And I owe that to all those new subscribers. I owe to you guys who like the videos, uh, share the videos, comment on the videos. Your comments uh, help the algorithm, Mr. Algorithm. I'll get to him here in a minute. Um, and yes, I was calling him that long before Space Jam, so I didn't steal it from them. No copyright infringement, um, except for the fact that I'm using his image behind me. Uh, um, that makes it send it out to more and more people and especially comments because any of the keywords you use in your comments will get caught up in the algorithm. And so when people search that your comments, words you use can go into those search algorithms and bring this video up so thank you thank you thank you for those who like and share and do all that stuff i won't ask you to like the video yet because we haven't even really started but you can subscribe hit the notification button get all the content that we release here on the evangelical norm channel on youtube if you haven't already thank you very much so today we are back episode 155 we are back dealing with our friends from saints unscripted we are going to do uh this actually um 
video came out almost two weeks ago. I'm, I'm way behind. I've been playing catch-up a lot. Um, the joys of working two jobs and then trying to find time to podcast in the middle is interesting, to say the least. But it has been... It really has been fun. I've got done a lot of really cool uh, episodes over the last uh, couple weeks. Um, go check them out. Uh, unsolicited review of all the stuff that Damascus Steel is putting out, which I'm, I mean, we just won't even hide the fact that I'm a fanboy on those boys. Um, uh, False Doctrine Killer, some really cool stuff. So go check out all the other videos that are here. But first... Let's deal with David um, and our buddies over at Saints Unscripted. So I feel like we've done this video multiple times. I've done this uh, this topic, addressed this topic a thousand times um, over the years that I've had this podcast going um, for different things in different places. So, but once again, David is going to try to come in and explain to you why he thinks that we should be able to uh, affirm the LDS, the Latter-day Saints, as Christians. Um, and then I'm going to comment throughout his video to tell you why he's wrong. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump in and let David do what David do. And we will uh, we'll get to it. Back to the show. Today's subject are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Christians. Let's have a crack at it. Okay. Take your crack at it. All right. Are Latter-day Saints Christians? The question seems simple enough, and for most people it probably is. But here's the bottom line. Whether or not you consider Latter-day Saints to be Christians will depend entirely on what your definition of a Christian is. But if your criteria for what it means to be a Christian are different from my criteria, right. we often end... Hold on. I'm going to back that up. Hard to read, hard to see, uh, but I want to get what he throws up there as definitions of what a Christian is. So you consider Latter-day Saints to be Christians will depend entirely on what. All right. So the term Christian, let's get, let's just get a bigger, bigger view of that. Um, okay. So let's move me out of the way. Let's see. Uh, the term Christian, as we understand it, refers to anyone, man or woman or child, who trusts in Jesus Christ as his or her Savior and Lord and who strives to follow him in every area of life. All right. Focus on the family definition of a Christian. A uh, true Christian is a person who has put faith and trust in a person and work of Jesus Christ, including his death on the cross as payment for sins and his resurrection on the third day. Got questions. What is a Christian? A Christian is someone who is saved, exhibits a changed life, walks in faith, shares the gospel, and helps teach others how to live like Christ. Pathios. How does the Bible define a Christian? So there we go. There is what he gives us as some definitions of a Christian. And again, I would. Uh, there, there's something missing in that, uh, in each one of those. And we'll talk about that. We'll discuss what that is here because we'll get to it here in a minute. So we'll let David continue on. What your definition of a Christian is. But if your criteria for what it means to be a Christian are different from my criteria, 
we often end up talking past each other. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. And even if we go with the basic dictionary definition of a Christian, one who professes belief in the teachings of Jesus Christ, we can still go around in circles arguing about what is and is not a legitimate teaching of Jesus Christ. Sometimes Protestants or Catholics or whoever will draw up a long list of beliefs that set Latter-day Saints apart, and they'll say, look at how different their beliefs are. That's bad. Clearly, they're not Christians. And there certainly are many differences. But what I take away from that approach is that clearly we are not Protestant Christians, or clearly we are not Catholic Christians. But for me, it doesn't answer the question, just how different do your beliefs have to be in order to be removed from the umbrella of Christianity? And okay, well, let's just answer that question. And this may just take us right out of this video at this point. Um, because how far do... All these definitions that we see about being a Christian, following Christ, so what it does is it does. It's not the definition of what is a Christian, what definition you use, because I mean we're in the we're in the uh, you know the culture of redefine everything. I mean what they they just tried to redefine what a recession is, so Joe Biden doesn't have to admit that he's put us into a recession. So we're just going to redefine. We see it all the time. Literally have watched as. Webster's Dictionary has gone in and changed the definition of terms like within days of something happening in the political sphere dealing with LGBTQ and all this stuff, preference and, and, and so on. I mean, we watched this happen throughout, I think it was Amy Coney Barrett's uh, confirmation hearings for the Supreme Court. We literally within days watched Webster's Dictionary go in and I, I want to say the word was preference. I can't remember what the term was uh, that got redefined within days of this. So this is the, the era we live in. People just think they can redefine terms no matter what, right? This is this is what is happening in our world. It's not a matter of who, what you define a Christian is. What it comes down to is who is Christ and which Christ are you following? This answers that question. How far do your beliefs have to be removed? Who is the Jesus that you are following? That's the key. And that is the key to this whole thing. And that is what we will always come back to. It's not technically the definition of what is a Christian. Because again, I believe that Catholics believe in the same Jesus that I believe in. But they have false teachings. They are a works-based uh, works salvation. Um, they, they have these other intermediaries between Jesus and people and between God and people where Jesus says there's one mediator between God and man, and that is the God, man, Jesus Christ, right? So we see those differences. That's why I would consider Catholics not to be Christian, but the, the Jesus that they follow, but Mormons have a completely separate Christ. They have a completely separate God, the Elohim God of the Mormon belief is not the same God that is presented in the Bible. It is like because he's not from eternity to eternity. Elohim, according to Christians, was begotten by his father, who was begotten by his father, who was begotten by his father in this eternal regression as they go into their eternal progression. Jesus was not eternal. It's not the Alpha and the Omega from the beginning to the end. He had a beginning, just like everybody else did. So that is what takes them out of being Christian, Christians and out of Orthodox Christianity is it's not the definition of what is a Christian. It's the definition of who is the Christ that you're following. And by what authority is that determination made? So 
apostolic, biblical, and I'll get there too. We'll read some scripture here in a minute from John. You might say that in order to be a Christian, your beliefs have to conform to what the Bible says. And that makes sense, but what do we do when we disagree on how the Bible should be interpreted? How much error should be allowed before you no longer qualify to be a Christian? After all, the term Christian is only used three times in the New Testament and is never defined. The earliest Christians didn't even have the Bible as we know it today, and some mainstream Catholic and Protestant beliefs weren't defined until centuries after Christ. So how does that work? These are tough questions that I'm not going to... And say, and, and I'll address that too. All of the doctrines of Orthodox Christianity were well defined during the time of the the early church, the the apostles and their teachings. They were, how do we say, uh, instituted as um, into creeds and so on. Later, they were debated and determined. You know, again, we see in Nicaea the, the, the person and nature of Christ. Again, exactly who we're talking about, what we're talking about here, was debated. And it wasn't that they did, they decided to come up and say there was a triune God or what, something at Nicaea. That was always believed in the church. It was just that they defeated the those who were trying to bring in the heresies that say that wasn't true. They came from Scripture and said, this is what Scripture affirms as who God is, who Christ is, the nature and person and being of salvation and, and, and Christ and God and so on. Attempt to answer. Your definition of a Christian can be as narrow or as broad as you want. Personally, I imagine that God probably casts as wide a net as humanly or godly possible. I see what you did there. I don't think he's in the business of looking for reasons to damn his children. We look at the, I mean, it's, it, this, this gets frustrating when you get up. I mean, throughout scripture, we see John 3, John three eighteen. for those who do not believe are condemned already. Those who have violated the law of God are condemned. They are damned. God is in the business of reconciling. You see, it, it, we're, we're missing the point. You're, you're, it's not that God is looking for a reason to, his, to damn his children. And again, we're not all his children. John 1, we are given the ability to become children of God. Right? We are all his creation. We have all violated his law. We have all put ourselves under the condemnation of his wrath through our sin. So it's not that he is looking for a reason to condemn people. They've already been condemned. What God is doing is he is drawing those that he has elected to himself to be saved. That's what God is in the business of. And so, again, this whole, well, God cast a broad net. No, that's not scriptural. That is definitely not scriptural. We see throughout scripture, we see the things that God considers sin. Proverbs uh, 6 Proverbs six or six, Proverbs six sixteen, seven things that God considers an abomination. Six sixteen, we see all throughout that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We see list after list of all these things that are considered sin that people have engaged in that have caused them to be under His wrath, and He is reaching out and He sent Christ to die so that those who would repent and trust in Him would be saved. So no, God is not casting a broad net. He is casting specific lines to draw in those who he has determined that he is going to draw in. He will have mercy on he, whom he will have mercy. 
Our God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. And we don't get to criticize that. But here's the way I tend to think about this question of Christianity. Imagine two friends getting together to play a board game. Let's say Monopoly. But as they start to play, they realize that they disagree on what some of the rules are. Can you collect rent while in jail? Can you trade properties when it's not your turn? Do you get money when you land on free parking? And for a moment, each player starts to wonder, do we just disagree about what some of the rules of Monopoly are, or is one of us confusing Monopoly for a different game altogether? And that's really the question here, I think. Do we believe in a different Jesus, or do we just believe different things about the same Jesus we've all read about in the New Testament? Here are some of the rules that I play by as a Latter-day Saint. I believe that Jesus Christ is and will forever be my Savior. I believe that he is divine and can rightly bear the title God. I believe that during his mortal life he performed miracles, healed the sick, and taught people a better way to live. He asks me to mourn with those that mourn, to be meek, merciful, and a peacemaker. But he was more than just a radical teacher or even a prophet. I believe that he suffered and died on the cross for our sins and that he was resurrected a few days later. He wants me to have faith in him and to repent of my sins. I believe that it is only by and through Jesus Christ that I can return to the presence of God the Father. Without him and his sacrifice, there is no possible way that I would be able to work my way into heaven. I personally believe that there are more than enough similarities to indicate that Latter-day Saints, Protestants, and Catholics are all trying to play the same game, we just disagree on some of the rules. Liar. Liar. And it's not because you're not, you're just telling absolute lies. You are omitting truth. You believe in a Christ who was the product of a sexual union between God and a spiritual wife. Who had a beginning, who is not from everlasting to everlasting. You believe in Elohim, who was also the product of a sexual union between his father and a spiritual wife. And his father before him. And his father before him. And his father before him. That means you have a completely different Christ. You have a completely different God. You know, okay, yeah, play the game. Play the game, David. Oh, yeah, I believe this and this and this and this and this. Then just don't tell us what you truly believe. You believe in a Christ who is not the creator of all things, but is the brother of created beings. Jesus, according to Christians, the Jesus, and this is, and again, Jesus said there will be false Christ. So don't go into the, well, uh, did Jesus, uh, no. If I have a neighbor down the street whose name is John Fitzgerald Kennedy, it doesn't mean he was the president if his parents are not the same people or that he never was in the White House or any, you know, just because the name is the same because you're using the same name does not qualify. You are, you are presenting to the world a false Christ and you are doing exactly what Jesus said that would happen, that there will be false Christs. You are presenting one of those. So no, we are not playing the same game. You are in a completely different place with a completely different Christ. And yeah, it may not it may say monopoly on the board, but you're playing with, you know, your Book of Mormonopoly. You know, instead of Park Place, you're Hill Camorra or whatever. We are playing different games because you are following a different Christ. And you don't get to play this stuff of, well, I believe this and this and this. Okay, 
how much how much truth again how much cat poop can you put in the brownie mix before it's you know before you're not going to eat it how much poison can you put in to the you know the coffee before you bad analogy right you are following a false christ and just because you omit that stuff doesn't mean you're following the same jesus for example, we diverge from more mainstream interpretations of the Trinity. Trinitarian. Different person and nature of God is completely different. In a few ways. We do not believe in sola scriptura or the inerrancy of scripture. We believe in a three-tiered heaven as opposed to the traditional heaven. And again, so even without Christ, you have people that are unrepentant going to one level of heaven or another. You know, your, your buddy Kwaku, who may not be your buddy anymore, but his famous analogy of, you know, Anne Frank is going to hell, but the Nazi soldier who repents is going to heaven. Well, according to Mormon theology, the, the Nazi soldier who never repented is still going to one level of heaven. Hell dichotomy. We believe in deification or theosis, which we've talked about before. Which God specifically says does not happen. Isaiah, besides me there is no God, before me there will be none, and after me there will be none. Are you calling God a liar? We believe that those who die without ever learning about Jesus will still have the opportunity to accept his gospel after this life. It is appointed once for man to die, and then judgment. Again, completely contrary to scripture. There are plenty of similarities and plenty of differences between our faiths. Are we Christians? No. I think we can all at least agree on one thing. Again, we are clearly not Protestant Christians, and we don't claim to be. Likewise, we're clearly not Catholic Christians either. If you're open to it, perhaps you might categorize us simply as Latter-day Saint Christians. No. That might be a good way to both recognize the things we have in common, while also making it clear that we don't belong to the same exact flavor of Christianity as you, if that's something you're concerned about. Absolutely. But of course, you're free to do as you please. If you've already made... Because teaching these people to follow after a false Christ is leading people to hell. People are dying and going to hell and believing, and these are people who are going to stand before Jesus and say, because of the deception of your videos, David, because of the deception of your church's teaching, you are contributing to people going to hell. You're going to have to stand there as people who watched your videos and, and believed you stand before Jesus and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Let that weigh upon you, David. Let that weigh heavy, heavy, heavy upon you. Made up your mind on this question, that's fine. But if this is still an open-ended question for you, I want to sincerely invite you to talk to your Latter-day Saint friends about what they believe and how they live. Visit a Latter-day Saint church service if you dare and come to your own conclusions. And if you don't have any Latter-day Saint friends, guess what? You have some now. Feel free to shoot us a message on Facebook or Instagram if you'd like, and we'd be happy to chat with you. Thanks for watching. We didn't have time to go over this quote from the Methodist scholar Jan Ships, which I really like. So pause to read that if you have a second. Watch some of our other videos while you're here, and have a great day. So there you go. 
Talk, yes, please talk to your Latter-day Saint friends. See if they will be honest with you about who it is and what Jesus it is that they believe in. See if they will be honest about the fact that they believe in a completely different Jesus. Gordon B. Hinckley said it in his, uh, the, the interview he did with Time Magazine or whatever magazine he was interviewed by years ago. He said it in the interview that we believe in a different Christ. He literally said it. He admitted to it. And it is true. They have a false Christ that they believe in. Talk to your LDS friend. Talk to them. There was another video that they put out uh, last week, and I'm not going to actually do a full video response to this. But you can go watch the video. It's just what to expect during an LDS church service. Um, and my only thing would be pay attention to the sacramental prayer. Um, one, they use water, which is just weird. Um, I didn't think it was weird when I was a Mormon, but wonder bread and water is their communion or sacrament. But literally the prayer is, uh, has to be verbatim. And if it, if it gets messed up once, it has to be done over and over and over. It's just really weird. Um, kind of witchcrafty kind of stuff. So check that out. You can check out the video. You can watch that. Um, I'm not going to respond to it because I mean, literally all it is is breaking down what happens during an LDS church service, and I don't think that's worth the time to take to um, to talk about. So there you go. Um, yes and no, I did respond to. So still hoping that I'm keeping my word to respond to all their videos. So thank you guys uh, for watching. Again, talk to your LDS friend. And as you talk to your LDS friend, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time. Soli Deo Gloria.